Welcome to the Representing Rural Podcast by Rural Community Alliance. I'm Candace Williams, the Executive Director of Rural Community Alliance, and our guest today is Superintendent Henry Anderson of the Marvie Lane School District. Welcome, Mr. Anderson. Hello, how are you? I'm glad to be here on the program with you. Thank you for joining us. So, we are literally days away from the start date of the 2020-2021 school year. And we wanted to have a superintendent, a rural superintendent on to just give us answers to questions that a lot of parents have regarding the, the new school year during a pandemic. So uh, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Mr. Anderson. So these are questions that we, um, that we gathered from members of the organization, which are rural parents and constituents, residents. So the first question is, how are parents and students feeling about the option of homeschool now that COVID-19 has presented the option of virtual learning? And should those households get the same funding as the regular homeschool families pre-COVID? So when you say homeschool, you're talking about those families that, that are pulled out of the public school setting yes. and chosen to go homeschool. Um, you know, that's, that is a, cho- a family choice. Um, I think the funding is still the same because it hadn't changed for the funding for our students, except we got some things to be able to give devices, support, LMS uh, access, things of that nature. What I would say to homeschool parents is that this is the ideal time to make, an, to make a reassessment, to see if you wanted to do virtual, because here's what happens with virtual. You don't have to buy the curriculum. The district has provided it. Mm-hmm. In Marble Lane, we provide the device. We provide the, the MiFi that supports up to four people, and they can stream. And it's at no cost. We foot that bill. We also, here in Marble Lane, we just did this this summer as a pilot because we just went back to operating our own cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, we fed over 7,000 students wow. this, during seamless summer. And so now what happens if, if, if Ms. Williams's child or children are going virtual, we are going to still deliver the meals to you. Now, they will not be cooked. We'll have all the materials like the pizzas and the chicken strips and the corn dogs mm-hmm. and the breakfast cereal. And our cereals have been like Frosted Flakes. And I'm a Frosted Flakes with cold milk <laughs> fan. Um, Pop-Tarts, uh, different kind of things that the kids really enjoy. Right. And so we were, we were excited to some fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Um, it has really been, uh, the summer was really interesting, and we're really excited now. So parents, the first thing the parents ask was now, are y'all still going to have meals for us? Right, yes. And the answer is yes, 10 meals per week per child. And so if you've got three kids, that's 30 meals uh, that will be there for your child if they're there working through the LMS system. That's an awesome benefit to parents. As a parent uh, in the Marvie Lane School District, we definitely benefited from those meals. Uh, I only have one child, and... He has a, <laughs> a healthy appetite, so I can only imagine the expense that parents have that have more than one child. So that, that has really been a great benefit to, to all the parents in the district. So thank you all for, for launching that. Actually, they, they loved it. Our, our cafeteria staff, really, we call them the dream girls. I just, <laughs> I, and that's what we said in the news articles, that they're, they're the dream girls. Because mm-hmm. if you can dream it, and if you want to see it happen, they can make it happen for you. And they were just phenomenal. They made it happen this summer. And I know this is a, a sidebar, but it, it just speaks of the culture that you've created since becoming the superintendent of this district. This is the beginning of your second year, mm-hmm. so you had a lot of heavy lifting during your first year. And uh, you withstood all the, the storms and, and everything that came with it. And here we are in a pandemic, and you're still making strides. So you should give yourself a pat on the back if you, know, if you have not done that lately. Well, I, this, is, this is uniquely 
well, let me just kind of say this. So 20-something years ago, I don't want to tell you my real age, but 20-something <laughs> years ago, I was a distance education teacher, and Elaine was one of my districts. And I taught Spanish, and so uh, we had 38 districts that we were teaching Spanish to across the state. And at sometime in the spring, we had a competition. And my kids in Elaine were like, well, we're not going to competition because we don't think we'll win. I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're going to go and you're going to win. Um, and we worked hard to make that happen. Uh, we did some after hours, things of that nature, but we won. And so I still say that now as the Marble Lane, 20 some years later, as the Marble Lane superintendent, school district superintendent, is that we'll win. We'll win. That attitude is, is catching, it's radiating. So as a parent, I appreciate that. Uh, the second question is, and I think you already answered this, how does, home, how does homeschool set itself apart in the age of public education of the public education option to have virtual school. So how does homeschool set itself apart from the virtual education? So homeschool has their own kind of like curriculum. Mm -hmm. And so the question oftentimes is, is it tied to the standards and is it gonna be the curriculum that has kids ready for uh, the next step in their lives? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's questionable if you don't have, you gotta have to, you have to really look at what program you're using. Just like we here in the district had to determine had to determine which um, items that we did in LMS or chose as an LMS because if we chose the LMS we had to say is this going to work for our ch children well it's it's cost effective because it's cheap doesn't make it right right and because it's expensive doesn't make exactly. it right it's right because it fits for your current reality mm -hmm. and so for homeschool parents if homeschool is working for you and you know this is gonna lead you to the path that you wanna to go to for your child, then great. But if you're not sure, now is the acceptable time, like it's church time. Now is the acceptable time to make a conscious decision to really examine, is it going to work? Because you could be a virtual parent using an LMS that's tied to state standards and, the, and, and get AP classes, advanced classes, so that students are able to now move into college and get the things that they need. They're ready. All right, you answered that one. <laughs> We're moving on to the next question. How are consolidated school communities and rural areas faring? Are parents sending their children to school or are they opting for virtual schools? So, so we're finding that a lot of parents, because of the fear of COVID, and, and let's, let's remember in rural areas, we've got multi-generational families in a household. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a grandmother or great-grandmother at home, you've got mom there, then you've got your younger children that are going to school. So if the child gets exposed to COVID, then it brings it back home to people who are more susceptible to actually falling prey to right. COVID and its symptoms and conditions. So a lot of parents are choosing to stay at home. So when we know that, we began to say, what's our task force? Mm -hmm. we got a task, and that is to educate our kids to the best of our ability. And then when I was a principal, we always, our, our statement was, we give an education that's second to none. Mm -hmm. And so, how do we make sure that we safeguard that? And I'll tell you, um, even our plan that we have right now for the Marble Lane School District, our plan has been mimicked elsewhere. Now, people don't say that, but that, that is the reality. And I give you your credit. No, well, yeah. <laughs> and actually, it wouldn't be my credit. It would be Mr. Isaiah Campbell, 
who was our lead custodian, who said, Mr. Anderson, I don't understand why it's such a difficult thing for y'all to decide. You do an A day here, you do a B day here. Wow. And then what you do is you do another A day, and you know, do another B day. That way the, all the buses can run and get the kids. The cafeteria knows to do this. Everybody, and, and it worked. Mm -hmm. it, it has worked. And so we're so excited. We even just posted about these groups, y'all are coming Monday, and they've already started sharing and got about 780 shares and views wow and so but we're a district of 350 right so it's a phenomenal thing it really is do hot spots work well in rural communities um and also and this may be something you may or may not be familiar with has your community benefited benefited from the arkansas rural connect program okay and if 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 you have do you feel like it's a program to improve the broadband broadband infrastructure in communities like yours okay and how so we know that we have areas like Snow Lake, Crumrod, that have difficulty connecting, mm -hmm. and even some places in Elaine. Yes. Uh, some places in Santuck, uh, Trenton, uh, even in Poplar Grove to some extent. So the wireless devices, when you, when you begin to look at your service, you're going to look at what's gonna give you the greatest strength. Mm -hmm. Never, it's like when you go and buy something at the store, try it out first. And so if they can't give you a demo, but I'm sorry, that's not an option because I don't want to buy a product that's not going to accomplish what we need to see accomplished. Right. So the, the Rural Connect piece has really been beneficial because indeed now we have connectivity towards Snow Lake mm -hmm. where you can't even, where you used to couldn't get phone signals. Right. And so we even now have a uh, bus that we're going to be able to sit in the community that will cover or uh, carry about 40 connectors or people who can connect or access points is what we call them. Mm -hmm. And so that bus it's, it's right now because of COVID and what's going on with athletics. That's the athletic bus. Okay. So that when the kids were riding home, they could use it to connect and do different things. But now we're going to be able to have that in, in a community, and we're working on our second bus, along with uh, waiting for our MyFives to come through so parents can have those to connect and do the work that they need to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. The next question, what are some of the struggles rural parents encounter? So I think some of the struggles are... Um, just being aware of what options are out there for, for their babies. Mm -hmm. And then the school making sure that we're making them aware. Like, I'm a, I'm a person who's a Facebook person. I, I just post, if I got a message, Facebook blast it, we're good to go. Yeah. Well, what I understand here is, yeah, Facebook is good for my generation, but if I'm going to do something for my younger generation, that's an Insta, uh, Instagram, I forgot to call it Insta chat, Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat. If it's for my older, because remember we talked about a multi-generational home, if yeah. it's for my older people, it is not, let me send you a letter home, it is not, let me put it on Instagram, let me put it on Snapchat, let me put it on Facebook, it is let me pick up the phone and have a conversation, that's and right. better yet, let me do face-to-face. So that we can talk about things or even let me meet you at church yeah. and so i finally have been able to move here to marvel and so i'm going to be able to start going to church on sundays right. and doing some things and talking in the community so that everybody's aware of what's going on i love it you're really making an effort to to be a part of the community and to know and to learn and well here's what and this is they just don't know this is really what's killer is um you know where i was in little rock and my, my mom is from a rural area. Oh. And so when my grandparents died, we weren't going down to the country anymore. 
And so now that I'm down here, my mom's like, okay, did you get some purple hull peas? Did you get some of this? Did you get some of that? All and the staples. All the staples. But those staples come from people who have already harvested some things and they're willing to share. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is one of the most sharing communities I've ever um, experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, the beautiful, like, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And then the talent yes. that's in our communities. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. So... The million-dollar question. What happens when a student and or staff member tests positive for COVID? Uh, will virtual learning be open for parents after the academic year start date? So here's what we have done, because we, we had to kick that around. Okay. So for grades K through 8, we do a Google Classroom. And so that means your child will be able to connect to the classroom with their teacher of record who okay. is here in, in the school. So, like, the child will be able to connect while the actual class is going on? Now, if they can't do that, then that, that video is recorded and they can see it afterwards. So you have some, because some, you may want, you may be at work mm-hmm. and you want to in the evening work with your child, then you can do that by going to that video and working and then you can contact the teacher via email and get that support. Um, and then remember that we've set our schedule up, thanks to our, our lead custodian, Mr. Um, Campbell, that Monday and, Monday and Wednesday is one community, Tuesday and Thursday is another, but Friday is all about interventions and enrichment, and I'll tell you one enrichment already for the seniors. Now, most of the seniors have gone virtual, mm-hmm. but they want to reconvene on campus and have senior takeover day because they've done their jerseys, they want a breakfast, they've already told us what they want for the menu, and I'm like, well, who's cooking it? Well, we want plenty of bacon. <laughs> we want plenty of bacon. And so uh, it's really exciting because they have still that sense of community, even though it's two shared communities. Uh, it, it's just been awesome. Just awesome. Oh my. Speak about receipts. <laughs> he was just speaking about that um, country, hometown, hospitality, and literally one of the workers just came in and brought him something. So. <laughs> this is for my purple hope. <laughs> All right. I am this excited. is real time. Real time. Thank you, Miss Thanks. <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am. So. That's okay. <laughs> That's the other thing about being in a small district. It's genuine. Yes. If they like it, if they like it, they'll tell you. And if they don't like it, you don't have to worry. You they don't play the politically it. correct. You have to appreciate right. that. You do. But then so, you also have to check your role at the door. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be a person that will listen. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, okay. Sometimes sometimes our hearing is hindered by our title. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say that and be All done. All right. Okay. I think he's starting to preach in here no, right about just... now. So, I don't know if we got to the, to the answer, but what happens when a student oh, and a okay. staff member test positive? So, when a student tests positive, we have to go back and look at the contact and ha- who have they had at least a, a, a total of 15 minutes of contact with. And then those students as well have to be quarantined. Okay. Um, here's what's beautiful here. We have what's called a school-based health center, mm-hmm. and we work with the East Arkansas Family Health. Mm-hmm. They've yes. just partnered with us to say, hey, if you got a student you think might have COVID or needs to take a test, bring them on over because the, the clinic is on our campus. Take them on over, or we'll come over to the quarantine area and test for you. They will test on campus. On campus for wow. staff and, and students. That's great. So if a staff member is, like let's say I go, go to Little Rock and I come back um, on Monday, but I find out on Tuesday that somebody that I was hanging out with on, um, with the, hanging out with on the weekend has tested positive for COVID mm-hmm. and I have to quarantine and get tested, I can still remember 
I can still get online on Google, teach from home mm. if I'm just under quarantine. Now, right. if I'm positive, then I'm, I'm going to ask that, you know. You need some time off. Time, time off to make sure that you get well. Yes. But if I'm just quarantined, then I can continue to teach. And we have what's, what, what's called REACH Associates here. And so the REACH Associates have gone through the reading, the uh, RISE, not RISE, Science of Reading training. Mm -hmm. They've done some things with our testing data so that they're able to be a true support, not a person who goes and makes copies, but a true support that can step in and be a facilitator for that learning. And we're really using the model that I used some 20 years ago in Elaine with Corrine Richardson. But we've got more technology mm -hmm. and, and it moves faster, so it's been great. Okay. Do you feel that rural concerns are being voiced and heard on a state level and how? So I would almost plead the fifth, okay. but I would say that the, the, I know a lot of people think that the voice of, uh, the voice of, of power is in Northwest Arkansas or Central Arkansas. Mm -hmm. I think uh, all of our voices are being heard. You think uh, the rural voices as a collective I, are being heard? I do, if, if, and, and, but we have to speak clearly, concisely, and, and know what we want. Right. And I think with that, we're seeing some things happen. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the increased amount of PPE and even a fogger being delivered today uh, for, for use in our building. Mm. Uh, I've had the ADE call me and say, hey, Henry, do you have enough masks? Do you have enough sanitizer? Do you have what you need? What are you looking for? And the one thing that I'm looking for, and if anybody can find it, my custodians are killing me about booties for their feet. And I can't find them. I've been looking for about two months, and I cannot find them. <laughs> but they want that because when they do the floor, mm -hmm. they don't want to mess the floor up. Right. And so they want, and they take pride in what they're doing. Yes. Now, they have this crazy superintendent who's like, oh, y'all need to come on, let's go. But they're, they're taking pride in what they do. That means a lot. It all speaks to the culture that you've created here. So that, that just speaks a lot to you. So, um what kind of resources are you going to make available to your community? So, already we did a Chromebook pickup, and we had all of our parents came, and then we op we missed, I think, 22. So we opened back up the next day doing the same thing. So they all have their Chromebooks. Um, we have resources that they're going to be able to get from the library. Uh, we've already said that we're delivering the meals. We And the, the meal delivery looks like this. Um, you can either do it on bus driver, um, by the bus driver coming to the different stops, or the parent can come to the school, to the cafeteria and pick it up. Okay. And then in Lane, we partnered with the city, and the city had a spot for us, for them, for the people in the city to come and get it. Because at first we started out in the park. The park, yes. And, it moved, and we moved over because the temperature was getting a little mm -hmm. bit much for my ladies, my dream girls. And so it worked out perfectly. And so our kids look for us to be there. Um, so that's another resource. We've got some other resources that are coming. Our school-based health center mm -hmm. is a resource. Definitely. We have now a behavior specialist. We have tele, telemedicine for mental health right now. We have the AWARE grant. We have so many resources. And even just this week, we had a conversation with Arkansas Commitment and Darren Morgan about doing a Delta pilot. Wow. For helping our ninth through 12th, stu 12th grade students get ready for college and go through the process that many of the kids in Little Rock are using mm -hmm. to get into Ivy League schools. Those are resources, especially Those. for a rural school. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. So, um, 
I don't I don't know if this is a question that you could possibly answer now, but how can we make virtual slash distance learning more effective? I think all of us all of us will be learning, you know, so, as we go with this thing, but So what we do is we ensure that it's a constant learning process. Because when we did it in Lang, when I did distance learning with the thirty eight districts, we had to first start off with these are the components of the system. This is how we do this. And so that's really nuts and bolts, kind of like your, your routines and rituals in a regular classroom. Mm -hmm. Well, what are the routines and rituals in a virtual learning setting? Right. And how do we make that happen? And then what are the, what, and they call them the three E's in their training. What are the three E's for success, but not just the student, but the teacher as well who's having to learn? Mm -hmm. And so, and how are we supporting? Because I think our support and our training started back in, our teachers, teachers started in June with no actually in may wow so with you've been google in google classroom one google classroom two blended learning they did trainings in the cafeteria trainings in the gym in the summer and 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 it's all part and then they said this week well i'm still not clear on such and such and we got that trainer back and they did another one this week and so they're, they're scheduled to come back again in two or three weeks to say okay what else is still a struggle so i want to just make sure that they get everything they need because guess what when our teachers are effective and they're comfortable in the in the platform. Yes. Our students benefit. For sure. For sure. All right. So what long-term effect do you think the waivers will have on the standards of education? I know there were some uh, standards that had to be waived right when COVID hit, and they were necessary. Uh, but there are other waivers that have come down the pipeline. And do you see that have an effect long-term? It depends on how you utilize the waivers. Okay. So here's what's so killer here in Marvel. When we had the waivers, when we had the, the form to sign for the waivers, mm -hmm. before we did that, we had a conversation with our PPC, our Personnel Policies Committee. And these are teachers who are both new but long-standing in our district. Okay. And we talked about each one of those waivers and some of their fears of the waivers. Because here's what happens. If people feel like you're doing it to them mm. and not with them, yes. there'll be no buy-in and there'll be a struggle. Yes. And let there be no misunderstanding. The masses have the power mm -hmm. and so there are more and i say this all the time to, to young principals yes you can write every teacher up you want to and yes <laughs> you can try to fire every teacher you want to but are you going to be ready <laughs> to teach every classroom in their absence <laughs> and so it's all about that partnership yes. and the work that you do shoulder to shoulder because here's what happens when a community realizes that it's educational system that the school is its lifeblood, mm. then the community can rally around it. For sure. And I think that's what's starting to happen here. Because as we post things on Facebook, we're getting 700, 800. Graduation was 4,200 views. Just unheard of, something that's and, never happened for this district. Well, and, and, and I'll tell you that, you know, we had almost thought about not having a graduation. But I had made this promise that you, seniors, you will be the first ones to graduate in our new gym. You made that promise, I remember. Yeah, and they <laughs> held me to it and cornered me at Dollar General and said, you promised. And when that happened, it was only 18 minutes long, but it meant the world to the them. The world, yes. I still remember my high school graduation, so I can you know, only imagine how important it means to them even during this time. So here we are at the end of our podcast, and okay. this is pretty much the last question that I'll have for you. So in your opinion, what's the biggest challenge in education today, and how do you think we can overcome it? The biggest challenge in education today is 
the need for the entire ed educational community to value holistically its members. Mm. Not just the certified, not just the classified, but for us to value everybody in education because here's what's happening. Not too many people are coming into education. That's true. So we have to value who's already in it and build them up. Because if a, and this is, this is just my thoughts, um, if a teacher is struggling or has a deficit, it's because the principal didn't see it and help them to be stronger. Mm. If a school principal has a deficit or is struggling, it's because the central office or the superintendent didn't see it and didn't try to address it. You would think, well, just listening to you, it sounds like you've been in this game a long time as a superintendent, but this is only the beginning of your second year. Mr. Anderson. I'm, the, I'm that strange superintendent that my <laughs> custodians talked about. I was like, we need to get this stuff thrown out and da 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 da. It's like, okay, well, all right, hold on. And I got over there with them and went throwing away, and they were throwing some stuff away. And they looked at me strange because they were like, he grabbed it and threw it. And I'm like, don't worry. I used to do some hard work. All hands on deck. And, and that's, that's what's important. Yes. But then the other part of it is, you got to value your custodians. Mm -hmm. You've got to value your bus drivers. You got to value your cafeteria workers. You got to value your clerical staff. You got to value your teachers. You got to value your administrators. You got to value your SROs because each one of them, in some degree, impact the children that you serve. For sure, and have some kind of influence that you That's may it. not have. So, right. it's been a pleasure having you as our first guest for oh, wow. our Representing Rural podcast, Mr. Anderson. and. Uh, we wish you the best as this 2020-2021 school year commences. Hey, we're excited. Mustang strong. <laughs>